Welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of the Christian Bro Code Podcast. I'm your bro, Mario Escobedo. On this podcast, I share a new teaching on the first Monday of every month. And of course, these teachings are from the Bible and are meant to help you grow as a disciple of Jesus so that you can live, love, and lead in a way that honors God. If that sounds like something that interests you, then subscribe to the podcast and to the Christian Bro Code YouTube channel. What are we talking about in this episode? Well, I want to share with you about the opportunity that you and I have to be part of the solution to all of humanity's problems. Yeah, that's pretty big. But in order to get in on this opportunity, it requires a pretty significant sacrifice, and that's what I want to talk to you about in this episode. And as part of that, towards the end, I'll be asking you this question, why do you even have a job? And I have, a, I have an answer to that question that I want to share with you towards the end of this episode. Now, this teaching is going to be based on Acts chapter 1, verses 3 through 8. The most well-known verse from this passage is Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This, of course, is Jesus talking to his disciples after his resurrection and right before he goes up to heaven. So let's start looking at this passage. And uh, here's here's a few things that, that I'm, I'm going to point out some things as we progress through the passage. Let me read to you verse 3 of Acts chapter 1, which tells us the following. After his suffering, this is Jesus, he presented himself to them, that is the disciples, and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So we're talking about 40 days after Jesus's resurrection and right before he goes back to heaven. So he's there with the disciples about to go back to heaven. And in that period of 40 days, what does he talk about? He talks about the kingdom of God. Now, let me give you just a little bit, and this is really going to be brief, as far as some historical context that will help, I think, will help us understand this teaching, this, this encounter that Jesus had with his disciples just a little bit better, and what it means for us. Now, at this point, the people of Israel, the nation of Israel, had been under some kind of continued oppression for several centuries. I mean, I'm talking since the 9th or the 8th century BC, the people of Israel had been under just steady oppression from a foreign nation for at least that long. This is what I mean. In the 8th century, the nation of Assyria was sort of the overlord. They were the world power of the day, and they're the overlord over the people of Israel. Then after the Assyrians, the Babylonians, most well-known king of the Babylonians, of course, is Nebuchadnezzar. They were the ones who were over the, the Israelites at that point. After the Babylonians, the Persians, most well-known king of, the, of Persia was probably Cyrus the Great. Then after the Persians, the Greeks, Alexander the Great. Then after the Greeks, the Romans, and that's when we come into the time of the New Testament. The point I'm making here is that for many, many centuries, the people of Israel had been under some kind of foreign oppression. Even during the ministry of Jesus, they were under the oppression of the Romans. Now, because of all that oppression, the idea, the concept of the Messiah was a concept of hope and of expectation for the people of Israel. They were expecting throughout all these centuries they were expecting for God's Messiah to come to their rescue and deliver them politically, militarily. 
deliver them from these many centuries of oppression. And that's that's still that was still true in the time of Jesus and in the time of the New Testament. The Jews, and even to this day, are waiting for the coming of the Messiah, but this is a political figure, a military figure, and especially in the time of Jesus, a figure who would overthrow the Roman Empire and finally bring liberation to the people of Israel. So this is this is the the, the world view. This is the the thought of the day among the Jews, and even among the disciples of Jesus. They too were awaiting the Messiah, and so when Jesus comes proclaiming that he's the Messiah. Of course, most of Israel's leaders, they, they refute that. They, they want nothing to do with that. They, they, they claim he's not the Messiah, but the disciples believe that he is, but they believe it in the sense of this political military figure that would come to liberate the people of Israel from Roman oppression. Now, that's going to be important as we progress through this passage, and I'll, and I'll tell you exactly why in just a little bit. But we read about this, and we, we're going to go on to Acts chapter 1, verse 4, and this relates one of the times when Jesus, in that period of 40 days after his resurrection and prior to his ascension, this is one of the conversations that he had with the disciples. I'm going to read to you now, Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard me speak about. And then in verse 5, he explains what that gift is. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And in fact, in a few days, shortly after Jesus declared this promise again, this promise was fulfilled on what we now know as the event in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they were baptized, and they spoke in tongues. So that that promise was fulfilled. Now, I'm going to come back to verse 5 in just a little bit, but Jesus just told them in verse 5, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And look at how the disciples respond. What is their response to that declaration that they would be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Well, look at what they say in verse 6. Look at their reaction. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? A couple of things to note here. It seems as if they were kind of laid back. You know, as Jesus is teaching them and talking to them about the kingdom, maybe they're just kind of lounging around. But when Jesus says, in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit, then verse 6 says, then they gathered around him, like, like their ears perked up. And, and maybe they got up from where they were sitting or from, from wherever they were reclining. And they gathered around Jesus, and they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You just said something really important here, and I want to make sure, we want to make sure that we heard you correctly, and we want you to explain what you're talking about. So here's what's happening. Here are the questions that I, that I ask, or here's the question that I ask when I move from verse 5 to verse 6. Jesus is talking about being baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then the disciples' reaction, their question is, is this the time that you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And, and here's the question that I ask. In the disciples' minds, what does being baptized in the Holy Spirit have to do with the restoration of the kingdom of Israel? Now, for us today, we might respond, well, one doesn't have anything to do with the other, right? That's, that's I mean, there's something, but something was taking place in the minds of the disciples 
that led them to ask this question of Jesus when he said that they would be baptized in the Holy Spirit. See, the disciples, here, here's, here's what I think. Here, here's the answer, or at least my explanation. The disciples thought that the reason they were going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit was so that they could reestablish the kingdom of Israel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, I think that the disciples thought that not only was Jesus going to reestablish the kingdom of Israel, but that he was going to use them to do it. Now, I have, I have a very specific reason for saying that, and this goes back to that messianic expectation. Why the disciples asked this? Well, part of it had to do with their worldview. They, along with every other Jewish individual of that time, was expecting the Messiah to be this political military figure who was going to restore the kingdom to Israel. And so when Jesus talks about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, why is it that they relate it to the restoration of the kingdom of Israel? I'm going to tell you why, but here's what it is. I think this is what they thought. Jesus is going to use us to restore the kingdom to Israel. Why? The disciples along with this worldview of the Messiah is going to reestablish the kingdom to Israel, of course, their only frame of reference is the Old Testament. I mean, that's their only frame of reference. That's their scripture. And what we find out in several places in the Old Testament is that on many occasions, the Spirit of the Lord would come upon an individual, and that individual would accomplish incredible feats and in many, many occasions, when the Spirit of the Lord came upon an individual, that individual was used in a military fashion to deliver the people of Israel from foreign oppression. Let me give you an example. The book of Judges is filled with these types of examples. When the Spirit of the Lord came upon a judge, and I'm going to use Judges chapter 3, verses 10 and 11 as an example of, of this happening. And I'm just going to read it straight from the Bible. The Spirit of the Lord came on him, this is uh, Othniel, so that he became Israel's judge and went to war. So a result of the Spirit of the Lord coming upon Othniel is that he went to war. The Lord gave Cushan Rishathaim, king of Aram, into the hands of Othniel, who overpowered him. So the land had peace for 40 years under Othniel, son of Kenaz, until, I'm sorry, until Othniel, son of Kenaz, died. So this is the frame of reference for the disciples, that when the Spirit of God or the Spirit of the Lord comes upon an individual, one of the manifestations or one of the results of the Spirit of the Lord coming upon an individual is that they are used supernaturally and oftentimes in a military context to overthrow whichever nation happened to be oppressing Israel at that time. That's their only frame of reference of how the Spirit of the Lord works. So when Jesus tells them, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, I think that the disciples thought that they were going to be used by Jesus in a similar way that the judges and other individuals in the Old Testament were used when the Spirit of the Lord came upon them. They were going to be used in a military fashion to overthrow whatever nation was currently oppressing the people of God. And 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 here's here's what I what I can imagine the disciples remember. 
that when Jesus told them this, in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Remember what happened? They surrounded Jesus. It's like there was a sense of excitement. Like something in what Jesus said excited them so that they got up or they got closer, whatever happened, they surrounded Jesus. They leaned in a little bit more. And and I think there was a sense of excitement, anticipation, expectation, and, and that the disciples were, were maybe thinking among themselves or to themselves, man, you know, we know the stories of the Old Testament. We know about Samson. We know about Othniel. We know about these different occurrences and how God would fill this man or the, the spirit would come upon him. And I mean, it was devastation for the enemy. If God could do that with one man filled with his spirit, imagine what he can do with the 11 of us filled with the spirit. I mean, Rome doesn't stand a chance. I think that's the connection between Jesus' declaration, Jesus' promise, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, and them asking, well, so, so now you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel? The, the, the anticipation is there, and they're thinking, this is what happened in the Old Testament repeatedly. The Spirit would come upon, and bam, these guys came in. You know, they, they turned into these Navy SEAL commando warriors, and they, they dismantled the enemy. That's what Jesus is going to do with us. Like We're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, and we're going to become these generals leading the armies of Israel to overthrow the Roman Empire. Now, I, I understand. I mean, that's not explicitly stated in the text, but I, I think it's very viable. This is a viable solution because there's no doubt that this is the frame of reference for the disciples, messianic expectation and the frame of reference for how the Spirit of the Lord operated whenever he came upon an individual, especially when there was oppression from a foreign nation. So I, I think this scenario of what I'm laying out of how the disciples reacted and why they reacted this way, I think I think this is solid. I think this is a viable uh, uh, exegetical interpretation of what's happening in these verses, which then makes it a very disappointing response when Jesus replies to their question. Because they asked him, all right, keep all this background in mind, messianic expectation and spirit of the Lord coming upon men and turning them into super warriors, it's our turn. And so they ask him, is this the time when you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And then Jesus' response must have been so deflating to them. Because in verse 7, this is what he says, It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. I, Man, I think that would have been devastating for the disciples. It, it wouldn't have been just a like, oh, okay, cool. I think, in a sense, their hopes and their dreams have been dashed by Jesus. and and they're, Because basically, what is Jesus telling them? Don't worry about it. None ya. None ya business, right? It, this isn't for you to worry about. It's not for you to know the times or the dates. Don't worry about it. And here's, here's what we begin to discover. The disciples were thinking of advancing their own agenda. Now, just because they had been with Jesus for three and a half years did not make them any less Jewish, did not, did not make them any less part of the people of Israel, did not make them any less passionate for the people of Israel. 
it did not diminish their love for the people of Israel. They were Israel. I mean, they they were the part. Of, they were part of the people of Israel. So it, it makes absolute sense that if Jesus is the Messiah of Israel, then he's going to fulfill that messianic expectation of overthrowing the current oppressors. And now he's apparently saying that he's going to use us to be part of that uh, that coup. And and so obviously it makes sense that they were thinking of the agenda for the people of Israel, for the for the kingdom of Israel. This is what they're concerned about. This is what they thought Jesus came to do. And Jesus bursts their bubble and says, don't worry about it. It's not for you to know the times or the dates. Again, that would have been deflating. That would have been disappointing for the disciples to hear that response from Jesus. But Jesus doesn't leave it there. He, he says, it's not for you to worry about it, but but let me tell you, what you should be worried about. And this is where we come to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Again, probably the most well-known verse in this chapter. This is what Jesus says. Okay, don't worry about that. Verse 7, it's not, it's not for you to worry about that, but, all right? So he just, he just didn't say no. He, he gave them an alternative. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now, if you, if you take this Old Testament frame of reference in mind, you'll receive power. He's validating, in a sense, he's validating what they're thinking about what the Spirit of God does when he comes upon an individual. He says, you are going to receive power. No mistake. Yeah, your frame of reference, it's not completely wrong. You are going to receive power, but it's not for what you think. It's not for overthrowing the Roman Empire. It's not for becoming super warrior commandos. That's not what it's for, but you will receive power. And then this is what he says. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You're not going to be commando warriors. You're going to be witnesses of everything I've discipled you, everything I've taught you, everything you've seen. You're going to be my witnesses, not only in Jerusalem and Judea, not only to Israel, but to Samaria, despised, hated people by the Jews. And not only to the Samaritans, half-breeds, but to the ends of the earth, Gentiles. And here's, here's what Jesus is saying in this verse. It's not about the kingdom of Israel. It's about the kingdom of God. <laughs> isn't that great? I mean, isn't that wonderful? I mean, you and I, Christian bros in the 21st century, we're here because of that concept that Jesus started with the disciples. It's not just about Israel. It's about the kingdom of God. And I think what Jesus is implying here is, I didn't come to advance Israel's agenda. I came to advance God's agenda. I didn't come to establish or reestablish the kingdom of Israel on this earth. I came to establish the kingdom of God on this earth. And it's not a kingdom that is exclusive to the Jewish nation. It's for all people of all nations. So Jesus just turned the disciples' theology, messianic expectation, he turned he turned their world upside down. He's saying it's not about Israel. It's about the kingdom of God. It's not about the kingdom of Israel. It's about the kingdom of God. Now, we need to apply this to our lives. 
it's not enough for us just to know what it meant for them and just kind of rag on them or dump on them a little bit and say, ah, you guys got it wrong. You wanted to advance your agenda or Israel's agenda, and Jesus had to correct you. Well, well there, there's something here for us as well. Because look, here's what I'm going to tell you. How, how does this apply to us? Remember, the disciples were interested in advancing their agenda or Israel's agenda. And Jesus said, it's not about that. Now, what that means for us today is the following. I'm sure we could get many different applications, but here's the one I'm going to zone in on. To grow as a disciple of Jesus who wants to live, love, and lead in a way that honors God, you have to give up your agenda. Let that sink in for just a little bit. I've been saying that this podcast is all about helping you grow as a disciple so that you can live, love, and lead in a way that honors God. And if that's going to happen, what we learn from Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 8, you have to give up your agenda. That's what Jesus was telling the disciples. Give up the agenda of Israel and follow the agenda of the kingdom of God. And, and if we are going to be, if you, if I, if you're going to be a disciple of Jesus, you are going to have to give up your agenda, whatever that means. If you want to be part of this massive opportunity that I mentioned at the beginning of the world of being the solution to the world's problems, to humanity's problems, the only solution is the reign of God, God's kingdom on this earth is Jesus Christ, the hope of glory in us. That is the only hope for humanity. That is the only hope. And if you want to be part of advancing and being part of the solution, which is Jesus Christ, you have to give up your agenda. That's that massive sacrifice I was talking about at the top of the episode. You and I have an opportunity to be part of, of God's solution to all of humanity's problems. But what it requires is giving up your own agenda. Whether that's how you want to advance in your career, how much money you want to make, how big a house you want, whatever it happens to be. If, if those things are your agenda, you're going to have to give them up. You, you, it's incompatible to follow your agenda and try to follow God's agenda or the kingdom of God's agenda at the same time. It's incompatible. One is going to win and one is going to lose. And if you want to be a disciple of Jesus who lives, loves, and leads in a way that honors God and advances God's kingdom, you're going to have to give up your agenda and follow God's agenda. And I'll, and I'll tell you, as I'm saying this, I've struggled a lot with that. And, and in a way that, that might surprise you, I've struggled with that with this podcast and with the YouTube channel that I have for the Christian Bro Code and an, another channel that I do as well on YouTube. I've struggled with that. I've struggled with, is why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Because I'll tell you, and I'm not, I'm not complaining, I'm just informing you. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time to do this. I'm not, I'm not complaining. I love doing this. Let me tell you that. I, I love doing this, but it takes a lot of time. And I ask myself, why am I doing this? Am I doing this because I, I, I want to be well-known? I want to have a big channel. I want to have a big podcast. I want to be recognized as a good teacher. As a, why why am, I, am I doing this? And on many occasions, I'm not, I'm not there so much anymore, but on many occasions, I questioned God. 
am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Like, am I supposed to be doing this podcast? Am I supposed to be doing the YouTube channel? And, and I'll tell you very clearly, very plainly, God never told me, start a YouTube channel. God never told me, start a podcast. And you're going to say, then why are you doing it? I'll, I'll explain to you why. But I never heard from God, do a podcast, do a YouTube channel. I, I, I never had that moment in a church service or even when I was praying on my own, when the heavens just opened up and all of a sudden it was just so plain and so clear, you need to do a podcast, you need to do a YouTube channel. No. And, and for, for a while, that's where my struggle was. Why am I doing this? Is it for myself? Is it my own agenda that I'm wanting to advance as I'm doing this? And I struggled with it for such a long time. And, and here's what, what ended up happening, that even though God didn't tell me to start a podcast or to start a YouTube channel, you'll see a lot of Christian podcasters and YouTube uh, YouTubers who will say, you know, God told me to start this channel. And, and I'm, not, I'm not doubting that, man, more power to them, but that, that, that's not what happened with me. But here's what I do know that God did gift me with certain abilities and spiritual gifts and spiritual talents. Among them, I think, is wisdom and understanding God's Word and the ability to teach, to present, to share God's Word in a way that's understandable for other people. I think that is what God has given me. And in fact, I think that that is a, a huge part of my kingdom role my assignment in the kingdom of God, my role in the kingdom of God, being one who studies scripture and, and, who, and who teaches scripture. And I'll tell you this, I absolutely love doing it. I absolutely love doing it. And, and this makes sense to me in the light of scripture that God has gifted me with certain abilities. And because of the unique combination or mixture of gifts and abilities that he's given me, that lines up with the assignment that I have in the kingdom of God. In other words, he doesn't give me a set of gifts and abilities and then assign me to do something in the kingdom that has nothing to do with the gifts and abilities that I have. That, that makes no sense. Why would God do that? He gifted me with certain things, and, and you as well, by the way, so that we could use those gifts and abilities in our kingdom assignment. And so in my case, I feel that my kingdom assignment is training, teaching, equipping, discipling others through the study of God's Word. And so it makes sense that what I love to do and what I feel I'm good at doing, you may disagree, what I feel I'm good at doing is studying the Scriptures and presenting, sharing the Scriptures with other Christians. Now, I'm going to tell you something here, and this stays between us. I, I'm not someone, I'm not gifted this way, I'm not someone who is good at at debating with atheists. I'm not somebody who's good at, at sharing scripture with the hardcore unbeliever. That's not my role in the kingdom. Now, I do think that even though that's not my specific role in the kingdom, I do think that I have the responsibility that as God presents opportunities, I share the gospel with others. I evangelize others. But I understand that there are individuals who are uniquely gifted for that. And I know individuals like that. My goodness, my mom is one of those people who she, I don't know how she does it, but she can very easily and very naturally and very unoffensively, if that's even a word, share the gospel with anybody. She was telling me the other day 
of of a person who came to her house, <laughs> like to do a medical checkup or something. It, it, totally random. And my mom ends up leading her to the Lord. Like she gets saved because my mom just has that gift. I don't have that. I don't. I, I, I just don't. And I'm okay with that because I know what my assignment in the kingdom is. It's it's to study and teach and disciple and equip. And I love doing it. And so I'm going to stay in that lane. And so now when I ask the question, should I be doing a podcast? Should I be doing a YouTube channel? I'm a lot more confident in saying, yes, I should. Not because God told me to, but because of this. Because I feel that I'm giving expression to my kingdom assignment. This podcast is not for the atheist. It's not for the person debating whether they want to accept Christ or not. Maybe they'll find some benefit in that, but I'm very clear on who this podcast is for. It's for Christian bros who want to grow as disciples so that they can live, love, and lead in a way that honors God. That narrows the field quite a bit, but I'm okay with that because I feel that it's very much within my kingdom assignment. It's very much within the gifts and abilities that God has given me. And so doing this podcast, doing a YouTube channel is an expression. It's another opportunity for me to give expression to my kingdom assignment. And, and over the past, well, since 2010, being a pastor at the church where I am, I'm giving expression to my kingdom assignment because I have the opportunity of teaching others through, through Bible studies, through preachings, through trainings to equip others to fulfill their kingdom assignment. So, well, I love pastoring. I love it because it's it's within my kingdom assignment. I love doing that. And, and I'll tell you this, that as much as I love doing the podcast, I love, love doing the podcast. I love doing the YouTube channel. I understand that my primary assignment right now in my kingdom assignment, my primary priority is pastoring. And so if there's ever a conflict between I need to do something for the church and I need to do something for the podcast or the YouTube channel, the church is going to win. Not because I have a boss at the church or that's my paycheck. No, because I feel I understand that right now that is my primary, my number one priority in my kingdom assignment. I'm going to continue doing the podcast and the YouTube channel because I feel that that's still giving expression to my kingdom assignment. When I understood that, when I came to that realization, that that struggle and that concern that I had been having for quite some time, should I be doing the podcast? Should I be doing... I mean, that started to go away because I said, wait, yes, I, I can do this because it's an expression of my kingdom assignment. It's, it's an other way that I'm using my gifts and my talents and my abilities to advance God's kingdom. And so I'm totally okay with doing the podcast and the YouTube channel because, again, I know that it's advancing God's kingdom. That's that's part of what I'm doing in this assignment. And, and I think it's no different with you, that you have unique sets of gifts and abilities that God has given you, and the purpose for that is that you would advance God's kingdom and the agenda of God's kingdom, not your own agenda. God didn't give you spiritual gifts for you to build a business that's just about you. Nothing wrong with having your own business, but it's about building God's kingdom before building your business or whatever it is that you do. And, and so going back to the passage and tying, tying this stuff together, when Jesus promised the disciples power to be his witnesses, what, what he was really offering them was this opportunity to be part of the solution to all of humanity's problems, to advance the kingdom of God. 
And, and that hasn't changed. That offer, that opportunity that Jesus offers disciples, including us today, that hasn't changed. Jesus offers you the opportunity to be part of God's solution to humanity's brokenness. And, and I think the reason behind that is that you can be certain that your life has meaning and purpose. And, and God wants you to use your gifts and your abilities in a way that advances his kingdom. That's why he gave them to you. And, and here's what I've come to discover, that when you use your gifts and abilities in your kingdom assignment, you're going to have a blast. You're going to love it. There will be times when it'll be tiring, for sure, of course. There will be times when you're going to be like, oh man, I have to do this. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're human. We'll get tired. We'll get burnt out from time to time. But I'll tell you this, and I'll, and I'll use this podcast and the YouTube channel as an example. This is tiring. I mean, it it takes a lot. I mean, I, I, before recording the podcast, I probably spent about an hour and a half preparing. You probably said, man, you, sp- you should have spent some more. T- no, never mind. Um, spent some time re- recording this, preparing for it, then uploading it, and then doing this and that and getting it ready. I mean, it, it tires. It tires me. But I'll tell you this. It gives me such an energy, again, because I'm using my gifts and my abilities, and I feel that I'm advancing God's kingdom. I'm I'm doing my kingdom assignment. So I'll tell you that when you're when you're involved in God's kingdom assignment for you, it is going to get tiring. But the energy that you get from it outweighs the fatigue. I'll tell you that as tired as I am sometimes to do the podcast, to do videos and blah blah blah, all that stuff that goes into it, as tired as I may be, the energy that I get and the sense of purpose and satisfaction that I get far it far far out outmeasures, outweighs the fatigue that I might feel because I, I feel I did something today to fulfill my role in the kingdom of God and to advance God's kingdom. And you, you can't beat that. So you have that opportunity. You have that opportunity to use what God has given you, your gifts, your talents, your abilities to advance God's agenda, the kingdom of God's agenda, not your own. And that's why God created you to advance the agenda of God's kingdom. Let me tell you this. When God created you, he, he didn't say, you know, I, I think I think I need another mechanic on earth. Yeah. You know, the world just doesn't have enough mechanics. The world just doesn't have enough painters. I, I, I'm going to create another painter because the world just doesn't have enough painters. I need another accountant or CPA on earth because the world just doesn't have enough of those. That's not what God said when he created you. He created you with a specific set of abilities and spiritual gifts in order to advance God's kingdom. Now, understand this. The the question that I posed to you at the beginning of of the episode, why do you even have a job? It's related to this. It's related to your kingdom assignment. Here's what I'm going to tell you. I learned this from another pastor friend of mine. Your job, is it's just what God gave you in order to finance what he wants you to do for the kingdom. Think about that. That if you're serious about advancing God's kingdom, you're going to have to use your gifts and your abilities and your talents to do so. But you still need to live. You still have a family to support. I get that. And so God gave you a job so that you can finance the assignment that he gave you for the kingdom of God. Chew on that for a little bit. You may push back, that's fine. But chew on that. If you're serious about being a disciple of Jesus and advancing the the agenda of the kingdom of God— then the agenda of the kingdom is going to have to take priority over everything else. And you'll have to change your mindset 
Why do I have a job? Why do I work? It's to finance my assignment in the kingdom of God. I need money while I'm here on earth. And so God gave me this job. Even that is part of God's plan. God gave me this job so that I can finance what he wants me to do for the kingdom. And so what I want you to understand, you know, in, in all of these, you know, several points that, that we should understand from this, but I want you to understand that, yeah, you know, all your earthly achievements, they're going to make you feel proud. They're going to make you feel good. They're going to give you a sense of satisfaction. But I'll tell you this, that satisfaction will go away in time. And ultimately, you're going to have to search for something else to give you that satisfaction again, another promotion, another, you know, $100,000 to make, another, whatever it is. But when you submit your life to the kingdom agenda, when you actively become part of God's solution to humanity's brokenness, then you will always have a profound and everlasting sense of purpose because you're advancing God's kingdom and the agenda of God's kingdom and not your own. And to me, that's that's a lot of what it means to be a disciple, to grow as a disciple of Jesus in order to live, love, and lead in a way that honors God. And I'll talk to you next time, bro.